episode 76. Do you know what your thyroid is, where it is, what it does? If you're someone that has gut issues, weight loss issues, hormonal issues, all of the issues, and you've never been quite able to work out why, or conventional dieting or seeing a medical professional has not been able to sort those problems out, then this episode is very likely to give you some insight into some stuff about your body you didn't know, which all comes from a small gland of which is your thyroid. Additionally, if you have seen a doctor about your thyroid and you're still having lots of problems or even had your thyroid cut out and you're still having problems and complications, this is for you too. So, let's dive into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? I've got a cracker here for you today. As you know, it is my mission to coach 150 individuals to create the healthy lifestyle that they truly want before December 2020. And I'm pumped to share this episode with you because it's one of my besties. So make sure you've got a coffee or you've got at least 30-minute car ride or sit down if you've just done leg day and settle in because on today's show, we have a naturopath with a passion for thyroid health. She knows firsthand the complicated journey to heal from an autoimmune disease. Having had a negative experience within the mainstream medical system, she decided to educate her way to recovery and did, healing herself from Graves' disease, an autoimmune condition that results from having an overactive thyroid and became a qualified naturopath in the process. Having learned so much about lifestyle medicine and met the medical modality of naturopathy, during her own healing journey, she became very passionate about helping others navigate, improve and heal their own autoimmune issues and now helps her clients by systematically uncovering the root cause of the problem, not just suppressing symptoms and more importantly, simplifies the process of getting well again. And when she isn't doing that, her Instagram tells us that you'll find her walking along the beach almost every single day. So here is my wonderful friend, Bronte May. Welcome to the show, Bronte. Hey, Maddie. Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. I'm excited to have you here. So you were hustling in the corporate world, doing all these other careers, but then you had this issue come up and now you're a naturopath. Yes. Tell us that journey. Um, So initially I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism. And I was feeling very unwell. My eyesight felt funny. I was hungry all the time. I was getting heart palpitations. Um, And I went and got my eyes tested. And the optometrist was like, no, 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 your eyes are fine. I was like, what is going on? I ended up with the doctor. She ran some bloods and went, yes, you've got an overactive thyroid. Um, Knowing what I know now, I actually had Graves back then, but I was misdiagnosed. I remember pointing out some things on my blood results where they had high figures. And she said, oh, no, no, don't worry about that. Um, That's fine. Your thyroid's back in normal function now. Anyway, fast forward three years on from that. I got really sick again. I was had, had a bit of stress going on in my life in a few different areas. And again, similar symptoms came up. Um, but I was also feeling extremely depressed. I was crying every day, but I also had those same heart palpitations, went to the doctor, short, really bad shortness of breath, um, and he ran some tests on my heart and said, no, no, that's fine, but he also ran my bloods. And um, then he was like, oh, look, you know, you definitely have um, what's called Graves' disease. And I was like, oh, well, what is that? And he said, it's an autoimmune of the thyroid. And I didn't even know what an autoimmune meant. (laughs) Even though I'd had a thyroid um, condition previously, no one had ever explained to me like what the thyroid does. Um, 
So backtrack a little bit. In between the first and the second diagnosis, I went and did a heap of modalities of acupuncture and Ayurvedic medicine and Chinese herbs. Um, And before I had the relapse the second time, I had stopped with those healing sessions. Um, So, yeah, so when I was diagnosed, they sent me off to the endocrinologist and I get into the endocrinologist's office. He never said to me, what are your stress levels like? How are you sleeping? How's your nutrition? He never asked me any of those things. He just looked at my bloods and went, yeah, you got graves. Um, You're going to have to be on carbamazole. But um, also I want you to think about these two other options. And one was to get my thyroid taken out. And I said, okay, what does that mean? And he said, well, you know, it's an operation and then you'll be on medication for the rest of your life. And I was like, oh, okay. Then the second option was to get it um, essentially blown up with radioactive iodine. And I was like, oh, and then then what happens? He's like, well, you'll need to be on medication for the rest of your life because your thyroid won't be functioning. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And he said, oh, side note to that, uh, he can me this piece of paper about the radioactive iodine. And it's one of the, had all these things listed and warnings. And one of the things said that once you take this radioactive iodine pill, you can't sleep in the same bed as your partner for two weeks. And I was like, what? So it didn't even go into their body, but they can't be sleeping next to me for two weeks. So then what is it doing to me? Yeah. Um, and they said, okay, well, what if I don't want to choose those two things? Um, if I just stay on the carbamazole, the medication to keep my thyroid function in with a normal range. And he said, well, you can do that, but um, it's risky because it increases your risk of cancer because it affects your white blood cells. And I was like, oh my God, I left there literally in tears. Like I was crying so hard. I was shaking. I was so frightened. I didn't know what any of this meant. Um, and I decided, don't know what to do. And he's like, oh, no, no, it's okay. You've got six weeks to decide what you want to do. Anyway, so I left the endocrinologist's office and called a friend of mine who is in, she does medical research, and she suggested that I go paleo. Um, and she told me two years prior, like, you know, you should go paleo. Pa- paleo like, being the, the paleo diet. The paleo diet, which is, you know, sourcing everything from nature, essentially. Yeah. But I did. I wasn't educated back then. I thought, oh, it's just one of those other fad diets, like lemon diet, keto diet, paleo diet, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever marketing's pumping out at the minute. <laughs> yeah, and so, but you know, when you when you become desperate to get answers, you'll grab onto any life jacket that anyone throws you almost. Totally. And so I was like, okay, so what is this paleo thing? And so we would catch up on the phone every week and she would explain to me, you know, the whys, why you shouldn't have dairy, why you shouldn't have gluten, what it does to your body. And she would answer all these questions. But she sent me a link to a website that listed all the things to do and not do, what the things to eat and not to eat. And so I went home that night, cleaned out my pantry, went to Coles and reset my diet. Um, But it was quite the journey. And so... From there, I discovered the autoimmune protocol um, and I did a lot of reading and a lot of the reading that I did, half of it I couldn't understand because I didn't understand the body because I obviously hadn't studied. So I'd have these calls with my friend, but I navigated the way and it was like, initially it felt like Dorothy being, you know, chucked down the rabbit hole without a torch kind of thing. And so you're trying to navigate and find the light switch in the dark and, um, yeah, it's quite discombobulating at first when you have an autoimmune condition because you don't really understand what is going on in your body and there's so many different things going and on. And neither does mainstream medicine. That's why they're autoimmune issues. A lot no. of them are not understood by any modality. No. And so actually when I went back to the endocrinologist six weeks later, um, they said, okay, so what have you decided? 
And I said, well, I've decided not to choose any of the three options that you've given me. I've chosen to create a fourth option for myself. Breaking the rules. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I decided to heal myself naturally. And when I said that to my endocrinologist, he goes, look, I think you're crazy. You're at high risk of another relapse. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I've only had one relapse. And he's like, yeah, but it's going to happen again. And I was like, well, how do you know that? He goes, because it's happened once. And I was like, no, okay, well, I think the options you've given me is crazy. If I was your daughter sitting in this chair right now, would you be suggesting that I have the radioactive iodine pill or the have my thyroid removed? And he said, yes. And I was like, wow. Anyway, he said, look, you've got 12 months. You can do this diet thing for 12 months because that's how long that you should be on the carbamazole. And I said, okay, fine. And within... It probably happened sooner, but my GP kept missing testing all the antibodies that I required to be tested. Um, and so I think it was about three months later, I went back to the endocrinolo- endocrinologist and the markers that indicate your autoimmune is your antibodies. It shows how active the autoimmune is and how much inflammation there is. Um, and so initially at the beginning of that journey, there were 1300 and within four months of going paleo, they'd gone down to... Uh, low 200s it was or maybe yeah it's low 200s and they were like wow um and they said but and I said they said what have you been doing and I said well I did this this and this and they said look there's no proof there's no scientific proof that that was because of your diet maybe you're just lucky and I was like okay so I I was ne- I always decided I was never there to prove them wrong I was that I had made these choices to save my own health and I guess the whole point to this story is to always trust your intuition. Um, you know, you always have this innate knowing of what is best for you and you need to follow that. Just because someone is sitting in a chair with a white coat on or they're your health practitioner in whatever degree that is, it doesn't mean that everything that they say is gospel. You always know what's best for you um, and to follow that. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I think uh, people should uh, take an approach, a similar approach with any of their practitioners that the information they're being presented with is just one piece of the pie and it's that, their piece. Like it's their, you know, naturopathy or TCM or, met, you know, Western medicine. It's just one piece of the pie and they all have their relevance in different contexts, but also that's not everything. No, and often they haven't even walked the path that you're currently walking. Yeah, that's often the case with them um, because a lot of people want to become doctors because of the prestige, whereas a lot of naturopaths and health coaches enter this space because of their own, the system has failed them, you know, through their own journey, just like you. It's mm. <clears throat> just like Western medical doctors, it's more about prestige and money. It's not, I was once the patient and now I want to help people. That, that narrative is slightly different, I think, compared to natural health practitioners who are, have usually suffered some kind of problem and then became the practitioner to help people that they understand, just like you. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I can really sympathize with my clients about what they're going through because I've been there and I know how it feels. And, you know, sometimes you feel so helpless and hopeless and lost in the journey because there's so much going on. Um, Yeah. And so that was part of what led me to become a naturopath. I started feeling amazing. People would comment how different I was. Um, And whenever I would speak about it, my voice would become so much more energetic. And I had this beautiful friend that I was working with in corporate who said to me, why don't you think about studying? And I was like, oh, don't be ridiculous. I'm too old to like go back and study. (laughs) Um, But no, I ended up jumping in and studying um, 
and with the, with the goal to help other people navigate that difficult journey of healing from a thyroid condition and an autoimmune condition. Why, of all the modalities, why did naturopathy resonate with you the most? Like, why did you pick that path? Was that because it provided the answers that you you needed, or was is there something else that resonated with going down that path? And not you mentioned Ayurveda, you mentioned TCM. Mm. What what was the thing that connected you to naturopathy? Um, I liked that it used scientific research as well to back it up. I liked that it, I mean, all of the natural modalities, sorry, um, look at the body holistically and I love that about all of the modalities. Um, But I felt that in my experience with some naturopaths that I had seen, not all, they really looked into the nutrition side of things um, and what you could do on a daily basis to support your body. Um, And I didn't experience that with the other modalities. It was sort of like you needed to go and get the acupuncture or, um, and these are things that you couldn't do at home on your own. Whereas with naturopathy, it's sort of like in a holistic sense of looking at the diet and lifestyle changes. And these are all things that you can control on your own. So it makes um, it, thus makes it more sustainable and long-term as yeah. opposed to needing to fork out additional money on a regular basis. Like yeah. you still got to eat, so you just pick different foods kind of thing. Yeah. And so I could essentially, you know, the saying like teach a man to fish and he'll eat forever kind of thing. It's yeah. sort of like that. I can teach my clients to learn how to navigate their own health and sustain their own health to whatever level they choose that to be. I love that. I know when I'm on stage um, speaking at retreats and I share, you know, my coaching program at the end, I say, I literally don't want return customers because I've got the same logic is that I want people to be able to take those tools and apply them for the rest of their life. It's like, I don't want you to come back. I want you to know what to do and just live that way. Yeah. Yeah, and let that be a flow-on effect with your close relationships with your partner, with your children, with your friends. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. So for those listening, and I know that that's probably a lot, what is a thyroid? Where is it? What does it do? Can you tell us about that? Because it's, it seems like we've heard it. We're starting to hear a little bit about it on social media, but it's most people just know it's a thing. Yeah. Can you tell us about the thing? It's a very important little thing. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, and my favourite emoji is the butterfly because of the thyroid because that's what it looks like. So it's a butterfly-shaped gland in the front of the neck, sort of to the lower front of the neck. Um, and it secretes very important hormones that are used in every cellular function within the body. And so that's from like your heart rate to your body temperature, your metabolism, your digestion, um, growth development in the brain. Um, so... Obviously, it's involved in so many things that once it goes out of whack, if it's under-functioning or over-functioning, then you will feel it in other parts of the body. Um, so, yeah, you might feel super, super hot if you're hyperactive or you might feel cold and sensitive to the cold if you're underactive. Yeah, there's plenty of other... There's some of the signs and symptoms cross over between the two. Some are similar. And sometimes you may be, say, for example... Um, like a common thing for underactive, they say, is depression. But for me, I had the depression and I was hyper, I was overactive. Um, so some things do cross over. So you might notice bulging eyes, your hair may fall out, you'll be sensitive to hot or cold, your digestion may be sluggish or um, too overactive. So you may have like loose bowels, um, you may feel irritable, um, a nervousness, a weight loss, weight gain, those sorts of things. And to think that one of the options you were given was to remove it. Yes. It just blows my mind. Yes. Like, what would have happened to somebody that had it removed? 
Well, given that it has all of those important functions which govern our entire being. Yeah, so I have clients that have had theirs removed and they're still, because the underlying condition has, the underlying issue, sorry, hasn't been treated um, or hadn't been treated, then they're still experiencing other issues within their health. So, um, you know, even if you do have overactive and then you get it taken out, then you may go underactive in a sense and you've got to get your um, thyroid medication balanced right. You can't get more, much more underactive than having an absent thyroid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and so then the other things that will influence that is like your stress levels, what you're eating, how you're sleeping, how you're showing up, how, like how you actually manage those stress levels as well. Um, there's so many things that can influence your health overall and particularly your thyroid toxins as well is very important um, to make sure you're reducing toxins. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. Yeah, I know you're really big on the low-tox stuff um, and I love that. And what... When we're talking about dysfunction, what would people look for in their normal life, like the things you just said, to indicate that they're having some kind of thyroid dysfunction or can it present as, you know, like another issue, another health issue and it's like actually the root cause is thyroid, a thyroid overactive, underactive kind of scenario or can it show up in other ways? Can it, you know, how does it present? Yeah, I mean, it can because everything's really interlinked in the body. You know, one system goes out and it has a knock-on effect to other systems. And there are often are warning signs before you even develop a thyroid issue. And it, that's why it's important to understand how your body actually communicates. So you may notice changes in your bowel movements um, or sensitivities to foods and things. Uh, for me, I was sweating bullets in my sleep and it was like July it was yeah, cold right. winter here in Australia. <laughs> yeah. um, I had like this rash over my stomach, which now I know that was linked into leaky gut. I had the like a rash over my chest and back as well. Um, extremely irritable, constantly hungry. Like I ate, I could have eaten 24-7 <laughs> and not stopped. Yeah, right. And was still losing weight. Um, and so obviously if you're underactive, these things can be the opposite. Like you'd be so sensitive to the co to cold, your face may be quite swollen. Um, but other things is like, like I said earlier, um, in the conversation about heart palpitations, um, 
change in eyesight for me came up both times that I, um, like the first time I was diagnosed and the relapse. Um, and then there's other things, yeah, like irritable. Sleep is a big thing. Sleep is disrupted is a big thing for most people with thyroid um, conditions. An ongoing theme throughout the podcast is that a lot of people that take a holistic approach to health and holistic not in the hippie way, as in all the dimensions of your being, stress, sleep, et cetera, et cetera, everyone seems to come back to sleep as like this core thing that people are getting wrong that dysregulates not just the thyroid but everything. Yeah, and many people that's the one thing that they sort of let slip when it comes to their health. They're like, oh, you know, in this fast-paced world, we've got to go and do all the things. Um, Or people have FOMO. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) And so they will dock their sleep. um, And it's, yeah, probably not one of, if not the most important aspect. Well, I mean, Mother Nature spent a couple of million years developing this eight-hour sleep cycle. And it's just been in the last however many decades, you know, or 100 years or so that we you know, go less and less. And now it's a bragging point. It's like, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm cutthroat. I'm amazing. Look at me on my four hours sleep every night. And it's like, you're going to die 10 years younger (laughs) because of that. Yeah. And it's proven that there's only 3% of the population that genetically can have less than seven hours sleep. Like ultimately we're needing like eight, eight to nine, but the bare minimum of seven. And there's only 3% of the population genetically can function properly on under seven. And so chances are you're not part of that 3%. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty unlikely. It's very likely you're in the 97. And I guess to turn it into a currency that people find useful, it's like I find telling people, do you realize your IQ can drop up to 40% on not having enough sleep after one night of uh, six or more hours? And people are like, I get dumber. (laughs) <laughs> I get up to do more work, but you're doing that work at half the capacity. And yeah, so wow. it starts to turn people, turn people's mindset around to, oh, this is actually costing me in a way that I'm not able to really measure. Because a lot of people, like you said, proactive, proactive. And the idea of more sleep, lying down, doing nothing is like... Mm. I could be doing things. This isn't very productive. It's like, well, you're restoring your IQ for tomorrow. (laughs) So you use your brain. Yeah, one of many things. Like you probably know that you're less motivated to do things. You're less motivated to even eat well because you're tired and you're going to be reaching for the the, the processed carbs and the sugars As well, simply because you're staying awake longer. Your body needs more fuel. Yeah, but you're not making healthier choices because of it. And so then obviously this is a knock-on effect to your health, right? Plus then emotional management. So you're more likely to be triggered, you're more likely to have a fight, you're more likely to be bothered by that annoying little thing that doesn't usually bother you. It's like all of these problems come up from a lack of sleep. Absolutely. So when when it comes back to the thyroid and good thyroid health, how can somebody make sure that they're looking after their thyroid or if they do have some some indicators that they might have a, a dysregulated thyroid or dysfunctioning thyroid, what should they do? Um, So I always like to talk about the pillars of health with my clients. And so that's nutrition, movement, stress management and sleep. (laughs) Um, And there's also another one about, you know, your spirituality, whatever that means to you, but essentially connecting to yourself and your joy. um, Yeah, I think that's a really big, important part of the puzzle as well. So when it comes to nutrition, like, you know, you want to be make sure that you are nourishing your body. Like I say to my clients, before you eat something, ask yourself, is this going to nourish me or not? And so it's a good 
question to ask, but you want it to be um, clean, whole foods, organic where possible, um, definitely look up the Dirty Dozen. If you don't know what that is, go mm-hmm. Google it. Um, so you want Stick it on your fridge. Yeah. Pop it in your phone so when you go to the supermarket, you know what items you absolutely should be eating organic due to high pesticides if it's not organic. Um, and for the thyroid in particular, no gluten, no dairy. Absolutely no gluten, no dairy. She said it. She said it. (laughs) (laughs) They're usually fighting words for a lot of people, but... Yeah. People always like say, what about calcium? Like, I need my dairy for calcium. Mm, No. But that's probably a topic for another day. Yeah, we should do an entire podcast on dairy and gluten and why not. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people have that question, especially in a world where everyone has access to social media. They can see that so many people are starting to be gluten-free, wheat-free, grain-free, dairy-free. Like A lot of people are looking at it thinking it's, oh, you're just one of those health nuts. Like, mm. it, like There's no actual benefit. It's just a marketing thing. But I think we should do a podcast. Yeah. And to- just because something says it's gluten-free doesn't mean it's healthy. It's like a really clever marketing, Damn, marketing label. agencies. Yeah. <laughs> um, but another important important point about the thyroid is toxins. Be very careful of reducing your toxins. The thyroid is a magnet for toxins. And one thing that we do every single day that's high in toxins is drinking water from the tap. Like we have to drink water, right? And people are drinking it from the tap. Um, So I highly recommend, you know, looking into getting a quality water filter, especially if you have a thyroid issue. But if you want to avoid one, like, and you want good health, yeah, get a quality water filter. Um, what's a quality water filter? Because there's so many out there. Yeah. And it's seemingly contradictory too because we know very well that plastic leaches you know, carcinogenic molecules, but so many of these water filters are plastic. This is this is like a whole podcast. <laughs> I know, we've got all these well. topics. I know. Can you um, make notes? Make notes okay. <laughs> so that we remember to do these podcasts. <laughs> um, so oh, there's two steps to that. So with the plastics, just because it's BPA-free doesn't mean that it's toxin-free. There's other toxins in there. So I would be avoiding plastics at all costs. Um, and so don't put your plastic in the microwave. If you have to use a microwave, don't put your plastic in the microwave. Use glass? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's one point, you know, get a stainless steel water bottle or a glass water bottle for sure. Um, but for the water, you want a water filter that is going to fi- um, filter out the fluoride. And there's so many other crappy toxins in the water as well, not just fluoride. But, yeah, so the one that I like is Southern Cross Pottery. Shout out to Southern Cross Pottery. (laughs) (laughs) I just think aesthetically they look nice, um, but they also have a really good um, water filter that filters out the fluoride. Yeah, nice. Sounds Mm. great. And it's cost effective compared to some others. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people say, oh, water filters are expensive, but it's like a one-off purchase. Yeah. It's like you just do it once. It's a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, and right. replace your water filter every year too. But um, so theirs is actually, an, it's an Australian company. So if for the listeners that aren't in Australia, I'm not sure if they ship overseas, you could um, contact them and ask. But um, another popular one is the Berkey filter. Um, and many other practitioners talk about that one, right. especially the ones in the States. So yeah, if you're overseas, look into that one. I just don't like the look of it personally <laughs> for my Does it for make my your kitchen, kitchen look, look nice? Yeah. Yeah, I like the look of the Southern Cross one. But yeah, it's just personal preference. Yeah, yeah awesome. So low tox. That's Absolutely. That's a big... And that goes further than than your water. That's why we could probably do another podcast on that too. It goes to like your body products, um, eating organic foods, making sure that your animal products that you're buying particularly is organic as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. A lot of, they're loaded with additional hormones, vaccines, you know, steroids, mm. single feed lives. So they've got low genetic diversity and microbiome. Yeah, there's so much going on with factory farmed meat. Yeah, think about what the food that you're eating. What does that food eat? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a good question to ask. That's another rabbit hole. Yeah, we've got so many rabbit holes. <laughs> but where can the listeners find you online? Um, I'm mainly on Instagram, so brontemay.naturopath, um, and that filters through to my Facebook as well. Yeah. Easy. I'll put Easy. all the show in the show notes below. I'll put all of your handles and contact points and whatnot below so that uh, the listeners can get in touch with you um, and if you found this episode interesting take a screenshot share it into your social media story whichever platform you choose to hang out on Instagram, LinkedIn tag us all so that we can see who's listening and get in contact with you and say what's up and to finish up you know the deal I know you've listened to a bunch of these what is one piece of health information that you wish more people knew about? That the body has an innate ability to heal given the right environment so you know, people get diagnosed with whatever condition. And so I'm not saying don't listen to the diagnosis, but absolutely ignore the prognosis and know that your body can heal if you give it the right environment. So going back to those pillars of health, so your nutrition, your movement, your stress management, your sleep, and connect to your joy. Be happy. Big, big part of it. Yeah. And this is like, and it's consistency with those things, doing them daily. Yeah, I think that's the most important variable is consistency um, and progress, not perfection. Yes. Because that can hamstring people as well. Yeah, like if you – like I, I live by like a 90-10 rule, but most people say live by the 80-20 rule. So 80% commit to the healthy lifestyle and 20%, you know, variance to go and actually hashtag be human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, but, yeah, awesome. consistency is very important. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Yeah, absolutely. We're definitely going to get you back on. Absolutely. Thank you. See you soon. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use. And we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much, and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional. Thank you.